when you're dancing, you're a professional dancer, you don't look too far ahead. And I think looking, if it was me back then looking now, I couldn't have expected this is where I am, but I'm just so glad of the process of where things went and moving sideways and doing education, like all of those little things that when you look back in retrospect, it all makes sense. It mm. was all for a purpose. And, you know, seeing this syllabus come to fruition is a little bit of that life purpose. Yeah. <laughs> As a, a ballet advocate and ballotomane, yeah. it's really lovely to see it. Yeah. It's amazing. Welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. One of my favourite things about starting the podcast is the fact that it's given me a platform to celebrate and highlight people who are doing really incredible work within the industry, but often fly under the radar or are incredibly humble about their success. So it gives me a chance to share their story, celebrate them and help them stop to reflect on the amazing work that they're doing. With that in mind, today's guest is Nicole Grant, who I have crossed paths with before, but we really got to know one another when I recently completed the Queensland Ballet Petty Pointers teaching training. I wanted to invite Nicole on the podcast to chat further about the program because as anyone who regularly listens to the podcast already knows, I am a huge advocate for Queensland Ballet and all the community programs that they provide. But as the conversation progressed, I realized how truly inspiring and incredible this beautiful woman sitting across from me was. And whilst I was sitting across from her, I couldn't help but notice that she has the incredibly enviable balance of grace and softness with determination and drive. It's a combination that I'm always trying to achieve. And I was inspired and especially if you're a ballet teacher, I'm sure that you will be too. Now, I'm going to share the wealth of experience that comes with Nicole through her roles and work. It's extensive. Are you ready? So currently, Nicole teaches both open ballet classes and the RAD syllabus to students in various schools across Brisbane. She's also a specialist dance teacher at Eaton's Hill State School and has most recently implemented a dance extension and dance excellence program for high ability students. For nine years, she was part of the Queensland Dance School of Excellence teaching faculty and a member of the Artistic and Advisory Committee. She danced with Queensland Ballet from 1994 to 2005 and performed in all of their productions, including works by international choreographers. And up until December 2012, Nicole held the part-time position of artistic assistant with Queensland Ballet 
and she assisted in implementing and conducting the company's educational and outreach programs. So for two years, she also assumed the role of rehearsal assistant. Prior to this, she worked with NAPAC Dance Company in Durban, South Africa. And on top of all this, guys, she's a qualified RAD teacher and Commonwealth Society of Teachers of Dancing. Now, Nicole is also a tutor and a practical teaching supervisor for the RAD, and she's also a regular guest teacher and choreographer for the RAD Southeast Queensland panel. Nicole has completed a Bachelor of Arts in Dance, a Master of Arts Research, and a Diploma of Education with Distinction at Queensland University of Technology. Now, Nicole is also... Because, you know, that's not enough, guys. She's also a sessional lecturer and tutor at QUT within the creative industries, dance faculty, and as well as a freelance dance teacher. Most recently, she's been a guest writer for the implementation of the new Australian curriculum, the arts and dance, as well as a Queensland Ballet teacher, ambassador and dance education consultant. Holy moly, Nicole is such a busy lady and she is truly incredible. I thought I was busy. Nicole is next level. Now, before I share our conversation, if you have a child between the ages of 9 to 16 years and live near the Gold Coast, well, they can join me at the 2020 Tween and Teen Balance Ballerinas Summer Retreat, which is for any budding young dancer with a passion for ballet and taking care of your mindset and body. Really, can you think of a better way to start the new year? I didn't think so. Each day begins with an open ballet class and repertoire guided by myself. And then after some morning tea, the students will learn some practical Pilates, safe stretching and body conditioning tools to keep those bodies really healthy throughout the year with the incredible Sarah Kiley, who is a friend of the pod. So you can go back and actually listen to her episode before coming along to the retreat. Now, after some lunch, the group will explore mindset and goal setting strategies to ensure that they feel confident heading into the new year. The day finishes with a jazz and audition technique masterclass with Bodhi Fullerton, who will ensure that students are prepared for any auditions or challenges that they face throughout the year. Oh, and did I mention that every little ballerina will walk away with a BB top and our very famous insulated eco-friendly drink bottle? So it kind of makes it the perfect Christmas gift. Now, if you want to book your little dancer in, you go to balanceballerinas.com slash shop and you'll see the dates. So the teens are on the 13th and 14th of January. So that's 13 to 16 years. And then the tweens are on the 15th and 16th of January. That's the 9 to 12 years group. So head to balanceballerinas.com slash shop if they want to come hang out with me during the summer. Enjoy my conversation with Nicole. The Balanced Ballerinas podcast is proudly supported by MDM Dancewear, the company that has developed the world's most advanced footwear for dance. If you're wanting to be your best or perhaps one of the very best, make sure you've tried MDM for ballet, contemporary or jazz. MDM, engineered for expression. We're actually sitting in Queensland Ballet's foyer. And so everyone will hear some really nice piano going on in the background, which is nice, gives a vibe. But um, 
Nicole, I would love for you to first share with the guests um, a little bit about yourself. Oh, I guess if I go right back, I started my ballet training here in Brisbane and I guess the done thing then was to go to QUT, which at the time in those early 90s was sort of the forefront of ballet training if you wanted to stay in Brisbane and so that's where I started and was very lucky to be invited by Queensland Ballet for a secondment to perform Giselle. So that was sort of my first little moment into the professional ballet world and of course I was hooked and I stayed there for a little bit and then I went and danced overseas in Durban in NAPAC in South Africa. Came home again and went back to Queensland Ballet and I stayed there with Harold Collins for the next four years dancing with the company and then Francois Klaus came and took directorship and so I stayed with him and mm -hmm. remained dancing for about another eight or nine years with the company and then after that I started my own family yeah. and stayed How with the company. How old were you? Uh, by then I would have been nearly 34. So I stayed with the company dancing until then and then I went into artistic administration. So I worked alongside Francois and his wife Robin mm -hmm. and did a lot of the behind the scenes bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, I had a lot to do with Robin when I was a Queensland Ballet Junior Extension Program student. So I used to see Robin every Tuesday afternoon oh, for yeah. many years. Love and her. an amazing teacher, you know, yeah. and I, I really credit a lot to Robin and Francois for helping me to become a teacher mm. because they really encouraged that side of things and gave us as dancers those skills as well. So she was really, particularly Robin, was instrumental, I think, in the path that I then took after yeah. retiring from dancing. Oh, wow. And so how then did you make the trend? Because you were, I think when, when we met the other day at my studio a few weeks ago, I guess now, or oh, a couple months maybe, um, doing the Petty Pointers training program. One thing I didn't know about you is so many hats that you wear. <laughs> How do you go from from working under the Queensland Ballet umbrella to, to so many more hats that you where now do you want to describe to the listeners how many hats you do wear yeah yeah <laughs> well it, it was accidental and you don't really realize how many you wear until you sit down and talk to someone until about I point it. it out to you yep. yeah yeah um so I had my professional ballet dancer hat mm -hmm. and I'm also a, a ballet teacher I mm -hmm. teach open work freelance work uh, across the country really I'm also a trained RAD teacher and CSTD teacher Didn't so I do that. that sort of studio work as well and then I'm also a school teacher a generalist primary school teacher I trained in middle years which is grade four to nine and then from there I was just blessed to enhance that role and become a specialist dance teacher within a primary school uh, so that's sort of my third hat mm. that I wear and, it, and it's been really nice it's been lovely to be able to wear all those hats and use them for a purpose that really central to ballet which is something that I would never have dreamed of 30 years when I first entered entered the profession that this is where I'd be and I'd still be involved with ballet. Yeah you would have never dreamed that this is your life now? No. When you you know I, no. I think also too when you're a young student and or a, you know in a company as a young professional you're thinking oh to be doing you don't really do you think about after your career it just does you or are you just so tunnel vision that it's this is all I'm focusing mm. on I'm you know, moving up the ranks and yeah. performing this ballet and performing that ballet. There's, is there any thought to, did you have any thought to what you would I do after? I probably did. Yeah. I probably did have that thought process, but that's just the sort of person I am. And, yeah. and I have always had a strong love of academia. 
Mm. I, I liked studying, I liked learning, I liked writing, I liked that sort of educational side of things. And uh, while I was with the company, I started teaching a little bit, particularly uh, the little ones when we'd go on tour and I'd take little workshops and master classes, yeah. which was, this was really the four runner for what Queensland Ballet has now this was it's very yeah. with infancy. the adopt a dancer program so you were essentially doing doing that when Queensland Ballet have um, a company member come and be adopted by a dance studio and they come and do workshops and whatnot and yeah and and it's really interesting we've had a couple of the company members come to our studio and and do a workshop and and they they'll talk to me and go I really enjoy this part of it like I can see myself doing this when I'm finished my professional career and yeah. yeah it's really interesting it's nice it is and it I guess you start to think that way mm. when you start to get into teaching a little bit and go yeah actually this is this could work this is great and yeah. I was very lucky working with Francois Klaus he really encouraged the educational side of my career and gave me some time off then to go and do a master's degree which I was able to finish while I was still dancing with the company and then I also went and started a grad dip in education because I just felt like I was doing so much teaching and so much education work that I needed that foundation or that depth of knowledge to really yeah. be able to walk the talk really. And what's some things that you learnt doing that that have transferred onto your work now? Do you feel like that, that degree was, was really valuable? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think one of the real advantages of having a base in education as well as in the studio is I can talk the same language. Mm. What the kids are hearing in the classroom is very transferable into the studio. And, and I've found that to be, in recent years, a real positive and a real strong point of my teaching mm. pedagogy. Yeah, because I think sometimes... Um, people think that if you were perhaps a professional dancer that you'd automatically make a brilliant teacher mm -hmm. and they're kind of they're not completely separate worlds but it's really a craft being able to teach and to transfer those skills yeah and it's a craft I don't think you ever perfect it's like that no. lifelong learning you think you've got it and then then you get a student and go no I don't know anything and you start again then yeah. it, it's always changing it's a dynamic teaching is a dynamic profession yeah, do you do what I do? Every year I think, oh, I really, you know, I've become a really good teacher. I've really nailed this year. And then the following year you reflect back on the year before and you're like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm much better now. <laughs> and then I do the same process than the following year and it just keeps going and going because you're just continuously learning. Absolutely. Story of my life, yes. <laughs> Story of my life too, which is how we actually came to sit here was because um, I recently completed the Queensland Ballet Petty Pointers training program and for those that don't know what the Petty Pointers um, program is do you want to give the listeners a little rundown? Ah uh, yes it's an early years ballet program specifically de designed for children aged one to five years mm -hmm. um, and it's been written in consultation with QUT and Queensland Ballet and um, it's a fantastic syllabus it's engaging it's creative it's all those wonderful things for this particular age group but I think the point of difference in this syllabus is that it's underpinned with educational research and philosophies and that I think is where Queensland Ballet's standing alone that it's got that real strength what's underneath it. Mm, it's really important because I think these days also from a parent's point of view enrolling their child in a dance class it's not just about anymore we're just enrolling them in a dance class they they really want to know why do they do this why do they sit in a circle why do they skip across yeah. the floor why is the structure of the class 
the way it is. And when you've got, as a dance teacher and a studio owner, when you've got a program that you can go, well, this is incredibly well researched and tested and trialed and it's got the backing of, you know, someone like Queensland Ballet, I feel really confident going in and saying, well, this is why we do this, not just because I said so. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And, And it's a fantastic program for the children, obviously, but I think for the teachers as well and being a part of that workshop, Uh, process and journey it's a bunch of professionals in a room together being able to network and talk about things and ballet teachers particularly you know they're incredible people and what they do they do almost intrinsically that care Mm. that nurturing Um, this syllabus though puts on paper all of those wonderful attributes that teachers have so I, I find it a really warm welcoming syllabus I find it it's really a warm. safety net for mm. for myself as a teacher that I have that accountability and that validity written down in a syllabus to say if someone questions why yeah. are you doing that then I have these educational philosophies underneath it that underpin the syllabus to explain why and I think that's a really healthy thing and that's a thing as dance teachers that we don't have a lot of access to yeah. because we are a performing art and you know things are getting better but we're an under-researched yes industry and dancers uh and people within our industry are notoriously bad at writing things down yeah i think you know logging and tracking and writing things down like there's there's ballets that have that have gone on for years without anybody writing a single step down it's just passed on from generation to generation and and um yeah it's kind of we're living in a world now where it is really important to have the paper trail of research and understanding so that um yeah so it, like you said it's a safety net as a ballet yeah, teacher this, absolutely. this is the reason why yeah i do what i do and the syllabus has been created so beautifully that it's all there it's all there in in the syllabus guides it's all on the same page you're not flicking pages you're not trying to mm. google search things yeah. and you were instrumental in creating the program um, where did you start? Where did where did we begin with yeah. the program? Well, it, it started, my role in the program was actually very small to start with. Um, I was just invited to come in and work with QUT mm-hmm. to put the underpinnings on underneath it, to have a look at the existing syllabus and then relate that back to documents such as the Australian Curriculum uh, Dance and also to the early years learning framework and also looking at Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences. So that was sort of my key points that I had to work towards and how could I frame this syllabus within those educational frameworks and that's how it all started. Um, And then we just went from there and I got very passionate very involved with the project and um, I can understand why (laughs) it's it's something I love Mm. I love seeing uh, different worlds meet coming from the professional industry a teaching industry as well as an educational background like I could see the value in this project and I could see where all of these worlds were meeting and I could see that this was going to make a difference for teachers because it's essentially where ballet starts as a three-year-old in their first ballet class and, and I'm always, I've said this a few times on the podcast now, there's a lot of dance studios who leave that class to a younger trainer teacher or a 16-year-old to take the class and because they, they, it's not that they don't think of the babies as important, it's just that it's sometimes the last thing on the agenda to put, you know, a really um, well-informed uh, teacher in charge of 
And I believe, I truly believe that it actually requires, if not the director of the studio, but at least someone who's really passionate and really well-researched to take your baby classes because mm. it's it, that's there it's so important and it's such a responsibility that you are that three or two or five year old's first point of contact into the ballet world yeah. that's really important yeah mm. i absolutely agree absolutely agree because if you get it right mm. at the very beginning you've started a life long love of ballet of ballet and of learning um and and that's what makes it so special with that age group they're incredibly clever between yeah, like that one to five years mm. and, and if you can deliver a beautiful syllabus like that to the age group and get it right, you've started your future audiences, all of those people that are going to make a difference in the world later on yeah. with a great appreciation of dance and the arts. Definitely. They're like little sponges. They soak up absolutely everything and I think that's why it's so important to have yeah. a really knowledgeable teacher in charge of them because you have to be so careful in your delivery and your approach because one tiny hand movement on a shoulder that's not necessarily warranted by a child can ruin their entire experience yeah. you just have to be hyper aware of everything that you're doing in the classroom with little ones so yeah, yeah so and it's a gift i, I think as is. a teacher it's a gift to teach that age group because they are so rewarding mm. um and you are giving them a gift as well of, of what's about to come and and that's probably for me just a little anecdote one thing that really struck home to me many years later an adult came to me and said I remember you you were my first ballet teacher and I remember you because you were always smiling and I thought you know if you're going to contribute something to the world isn't that a beautiful thing that you that's really nice gave someone very small that yeah. little memory that um, would have made your day oh it did yes I keep would it in there on months. the bad days <laughs> <laughs> the bad days I keep thinking of that one just keep smiling <laughs> yeah because how many times do you hear I know as a studio owner sometimes we get little ones come to us for maybe jazz at the age of 12 and I suggest you know why don't you start some ballet classes and they go my ballet teacher was really mm. <laughs> grumpy or something happened in class or and they, they have quite a negative experience and that's why that's why I think funding and and taking the little ones as such a valuable member of your dance community seriously yeah. is really really important yeah yeah and I think that's the value of the petty pointers syllabus as well because it's play-based it's creative it allows children to learn the very foundations of ballet but in this amazingly creative fun mm. environment which is what we want to encourage at this age group um, on the flip side of the coin though it's also introducing children to that beautiful discipline of ballet and, and I don't mean like behavior management but you know the understanding of our body and mm -hmm. how we are in control of our body the understanding of directions um, listening to someone that's not your mum and dad your mm. primary carers to be able to listen to another teacher and make sense of instructions and that's probably another tick in the box for the petty pointer syllabus that it really prepares children for school because a lot of those will be starting prep by the end of the third level of the syllabus. If they're not in prep already, they're about to start. So this program really is designed also around that school readiness mm -hmm. and socialization, as well as all those beautiful arts qualities that's yes. embedded within it. Yes, I, it's funny that you um, mentioned discipline. I think sometimes people get really confused, especially when parents are ringing up and going, oh, 
I w- she really wants to do ballet, but I'm a bit worried because it's, you know, very disciplined. Mm. And I think people confuse that word in the ballet world. Maybe we need to find a new one <laughs> about yes. discipline being stand there and be quiet. And that's not what we're talking about when no. we're talking about discipline at all. Like you said, it's it's actually really important for little ones to learn to take um, direction from someone that's not their parent. Yeah. Something as simple as that. And how quickly they learn. Mm. How quickly they can operate your class you know if you're performing it with uh, consistency that they'll tell you if you've missed out an exercise or we're supposed to do this before that like they love that ownership and that engagement with the program and 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 that's probably part of the beauty as well of being a teacher yeah within that early years as yeah as you know from being at, at my studio before we have a big glass window so the parents can see what's going on and sometimes one of the biggest critiques I get is um, you know, Georgia, why are they doing the same thing over and over again? Mm. Why does the class have the same structure? They're always starting in a circle. <laughs> I sometimes go, why don't you start a different way? <laughs> and I try and explain to them that that consistency makes the students feel really safe in the mm. studio. And as you mentioned, if you miss something in the process yeah. of the class, the students have become so um, used to it that they go Miss Georgia you missed our star jumps yeah. from the corner today and and you're like oh I did miss that oh sorry guys <laughs> you're so clever we better we better do them now and yeah. and and it makes them feel really smart and it makes them yeah. feel really safe and it makes them feel really um, um, in control of the class mm. well there's an engagement it with empowers the class. them it's empowering you hit it on the head that's exactly the right word they're engaged in the class there's an ownership of the class and how it runs and that that's very powerful mm. for a well for everybody but particularly for a little person to feel safe and to go into a space where they know what to expect and I think that's where that really strong learning can happen with this cohort mm, definitely and I did find um, when I was at the training day I was watching um, the the work unfold and I thought this is all very very similar to what I already do but what I'm so excited about is that now I have a label this is the program that we run so that when I do get asked Georgia why don't you mix it up a little bit uh, from a parent I can go well no this is actually what we follow this is the framework that we follow and mm. it's based on all this research and and it's not just something that I made up no and I think there's a strength and a power in that for us as mm, teachers. Definitely. That there's something for us to fall back onto. And again, why this Petty Pointers syllabus is just such a great, strong teaching base yeah. for us as teachers yeah. to adopt. And I picked up, um, and I also picked up, I mean, a lot of the things I was already doing, but I also picked up a lot of things that um, that I wasn't doing. And I also picked up some things that I can add to my class. Yeah. And there's this fantastic exercise. You'll have to remind me what level it is where they skip down the corner and I never thought to do this. They do a nice big star jump at the end. They go, I'm wonderful. (laughs) And the kids just loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, and I just, I, it never had crossed my mind to incorporate their voice. That sounds really Mm. silly, but just that action of them going, I'm wonderful. And the other day I ran that class, um, and I had one of my trainee teachers in there watching, taking notes, and she was sitting at the front and I made them do it facing her. And I was like, you tell Miss Lily, I'm wonderful. And they actually did it 10 times louder and they thought it was fantastic because they had this one person (laughs) as an audience. And 
Yeah, there's little little gems like that in the Petty Pointers program mm. that I just took so much value from. Yeah. And like you were saying, the value for a teacher coming to the Petty Pointer workshops is it's a real networking space mm. where you can talk to other teachers. Yeah, and you can share those things and go, yeah, I've never thought of wording it that way or I've never thought of trying it that way or I do something really similar because mm. it's not all about reinventing the wheel but yeah. fine-tuning the one that we've got and how we're doing it and even for me um, presenting I guess those workshops mm. everyone for me is professional development I'm taking something away from the people that I'm working with so I'm actually getting equally as much as the teachers that are there it's a very reciprocal learning environment Definitely. I loved it. We even had a moment during the training day where we all sat around as teachers and had a little chat and brainstormed some ideas yeah. and gave each other um, some things to take away. And it's nice. It's nice to belong to um, a network like that um, because as a dance teacher, it can be a very lonely world yeah. because you're in a room. I mean, I teach adult ballet too, so I'm around lots of adults. But when you're for five hours every afternoon, as the adult in the room full of children, that can be really lonely. Yeah. And so it's nice to have a network of people that you can bounce ideas off. And especially for myself, being part of the Queensland Ballet Petty Pointers teachers is that I have a I have a backing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like someone's got my back. Yeah. Which as a small business owner, as a ballet teacher, as a you know, all the hats yeah. that I wear, it's nice to feel like I ha someone has my back yeah. when I'm asked why we do certain things. I keep coming back to that, but I think because it's a huge theme at the moment where you can't just teach a class. People ask why you do this, why you do that, and it's really important to have that backing. Hi, Paul. How are you? That's okay. You're fine. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'll keep this in the interview. I just had because we're sitting in the flow. We had um, my old coach Paul Boyd walk out and give me a wave. I'll have to get him on the podcast. Great idea. I love Paul. <laughs> I can't even call him Paul in front of his face. I have to call him Mr. Boyd. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's continue. Um, but I wanted to ask you personally, what are you most proud about? What are you most proud about with this program? I think for me, having been a part of this company, Queensland Ballet, for so long and having an, a personal knowledge of how tiny it started, mm. I'm just so proud of the vision that Queensland Ballet have and the people that have really directed that vision yeah. into what it is. Um, the people that have believed in the value of education and ballet and pulled the two together. and. I love just sitting back and seeing where it is. I love being asked to consult back and be a part of it. Um, I think Queensland Ballet has really become right at the forefront of ballet and education in Australia and are doing mm. some magnificent things. I couldn't agree more. I, I recommend Queensland Ballet and all the programs and all the community engagement mm. to anyone that will let me talk their ear off to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, and, and you don't realise, I think, when you're dancing, you're a professional dancer, you don't look too far ahead. And I think looking, if it was me back then looking now, I couldn't have expected this is where I am, but I'm just so glad of the process of where things went and moving sidewards and doing education, like all of those little things that when you look back in retrospect, it all makes sense. It mm. was all for a purpose. And, you know, seeing this syllabus come to fruition is a little bit of, 
that life purpose mm. <laughs> yeah. as a, a ballet advocate and ballotomain. Yeah. It's really lovely to see it. Yeah. It's amazing, the, amazing. The pride's written all across your face. Yeah. You look very, like, it, yeah, I get what you mean. It's very, it would be very fulfilling. Yeah, and, and particularly as a teacher too, mm. because it, it, I can walk the talk. I'm using it in my own classes. I use it in studio practice. I use it in, in the classroom within an educational context so I can see the versatility of the program and I can see the value of where ballet and education meet, that they're not running as two separate races, but they really are intertwined Definitely. together. Definitely. I have um, a little challenging question for you because some people <laughs> might not agree, but do you believe that if a child wants to start dance, do you believe that ballet is the style to start with, to give them the best foot forward, I guess? Yeah, I, I think when you're learning ballet at aged one to five, we're t teaching frameworks and yeah. foundations and, and that is never going to hurt. And you can see, you're an early years teacher yourself, you can see the crossover between into other styles of mm. dance, into their jazz, maybe even to their tap, a little bit of hip hop, mm. that they're easily interchangeable. But I'm probably with you. We're probably both <laughs> very, I mean, look, we're very biased as ballet teachers, but I, I really do think that, that ballet is, is, is the, a really good entry point to the dance world. Yeah, it's a beautiful entry point. It is. And it's, it, there's a calmness about it. Mm. Um, not isn't, always. Maybe isn't. that was not the right thing to say. <laughs> it depends what day of the week That's it is. Right. Depends if it's a full moon or not. Depends if the children had sleep the night before. Depends if mum gave them a, a lolly before they came in. But no, I know what you mean. It's got um it's a graceful it's a yeah. graceful entry into the yeah. dance world. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to ask you, um, how important do you, I mean, as an educator, how important do you think it is to lead and foster other teachers within the dance space? Do you have anybody that you um, are mentoring at the moment or, you know, keeping yeah. a close eye on? It's or funny you say after? that because <laughs> as I was driving here to Can meet you, you today, me, Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the people who I consider my mentors yeah. and they probably don't know that I consider them my mentors, but they were really significant people in my life who I know that I've based my life work on what they taught me and where they directed me. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that there's people and young teachers coming through that perhaps, you know, will use my life work and my experiences, you know, to help them with their teaching practice and where they want to go and, and to maybe give them that inspiration that there's more to ballet than just being on stage. Yeah. being a professional that the industry is a whole lot bigger and broader and richer than only performing as beautiful and as wonderful as that is um, but I think it's important for us as teachers to find mentors and people that we admire their work and can aspire to where they are or where they've been or how they've got there and to use that as part of your own journey mm. how to get there definitely Kind of like Mr. Boyd. I was telling you before we started that interview. Yes, your mentor. Uh, yes, he, is, he was my mentor growing up, and he was my. I mean, I still keep a close eye on what he's up yeah. to and what he's doing, and and uh, he was just such an inspiration to me growing up as a child. And he was, he was my number one. I had, you know, like we all did growing up, a few different ballet teachers, but he was my, 
he was my yeah. rock he was everything and he always had my back and he always had my best interests at heart and and yeah it's it's an industry where you can build such beautiful yes mentor mentory relationships exactly and, and if we go back to what we were saying that ballet teaching and dance teaching can be very isolating mm. that the community that you build around yourself is what gives you the strength yeah. I think and sometimes that little bit of extra motivation and power to um to push you through those hard bits yeah. and I guess with if we go back to the petty pointer syllabus that's part of what Queensland Ballet are building the yeah. community around dance teachers to say we're here for you take our resources take what we have to offer mm. you're the expert of your own school and your own environment but please let us be a part of that let us help you and let us use that beautiful Queensland Ballet banner within your own schools definitely I I just love Queensland Ballet so much because one of the big missions of the Balanced Ballerinas podcast is breaking down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet mm. and typically ballet companies ballet studios are so closed off and everything's so secret mm. and everything's so behind doors and and typically it hasn't been about sharing in the past I, I that's just the, yes. the feel I get and I feel like Queensland Ballet are trying so hard to be such a positive influence within the dance world and as a dance teacher at a studio level it's so lovely to feel invited and to feel part of something and to feel and to have you know the curtain come down and be able to come in and you know we're con I'm constantly invited to watch the academy dances and display days and different mm. community engagement workshops and we'll be doing a little bit more work in regards to the you know adult ballet programs and and it's just really lovely when I come here even just sitting in the foyer I feel very welcomed and I feel it feels very warm yeah and I just I talk constantly to people about how amazing and I am not being paid anyone at all to <laughs> say this like I am constantly singing Queensland Ballet's praises mm. so there certainly is an open doors definitely policy here now um, which is really lovely which is very inclusive and it's probably a good moment right here to mention it's not just for the city it's not just for here in Brisbane no. but Queensland Ballet are really doing their best to get their outreach programs out and to touch into regional Queensland as well which is mm -hmm. reasoning why the Petty Pointers program will be toured out up into regional centres yep. in 2020 um, and we can confirm those dates yes, a I little later. Yes, I will confirm them at the um, end of this episode because I, I just couldn't recommend it highly enough. I really couldn't. Oh, thanks Georgia. We're proud of it. We love it. You should it. be. We're very invested in the program. So I think it's great for everyone. We'd love to see as many people as we possibly can there to definitely, join with us. Definitely. I've got um, one little last sort of question I wanted to ask you. And I, I've asked this a few of my guests and it always has an interesting answer. What keeps you up at night, Nicole? Like what keeps you up at night when you're thinking about our industry, a topic of conversation that, mm. that really gets you going, that you want to see a change or innovation or... Yeah. A part of, I guess, my dream, my passion is that every child has the opportunity to dance, regardless of financial, social restraints, that every child has that opportunity. Mm. Um, and I guess being a part of the education world, I have a really um, honoured position that I can try and make that dream happen. Mm. So for me, 
my brain's always ticking, how can I get it further? How can I make sure every child in the world has the opportunity to dance? And that's probably part of the momentum behind my passion for dance and education Mm. is how far can I roll this ball? How far can I make a difference that we can change the culture of this country that ballet and and dance yeah (laughs) that ballet and dance is for everyone yeah everyone can do it everyone can have fun doing it Mm. um so that's where my brain ticks at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) yeah no (laughs) what next what next exactly I think I learned the power of ballet and how it really can be for everyone um in 2017 I traveled to Africa and I actually taught ballet to the students in Kibera which is one of the um most poverty stricken places in the world and they have a huge ballet program a huge ballet program and the children it is the highlight of their life and Mm. they've got so much trauma and so much sadness in their life that this is a light for them Mm. during their week and it keeps them out of trouble it keeps their youth out of trouble and so when I went on that trip I mean I knew at first I was like oh yeah going to teach you know ballet in Africa to some children and and it didn't quite sink in until I was there Mm. and I truly realized that this ballet class for example for this particular 12 year old wasn't just them learning ballet it was them having a break from doing all the duties at home whilst their Mm. mum was out working was there one hour during the week that they could just be a child again yeah and so no, I'm with you. We share a very similar yeah. Dance is a universal yes. language. It certainly <laughs> is. It crosses languages. It crosses ba- barriers, boundaries. It, it really does, and that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, even somewhere like that, they, yeah. they you know, we're just doing movement. I didn't yeah. speak a word of their language, and we still understood each other. Yeah. And that's the beauty of something like ballet and movement. Yeah, an early mentor of mine actually said that to me. He said, "If you want to make a difference in the world, don't fight the system. Get inside the system." And, and it was probably one of the wisest things yeah. someone could have said to me. I like You've that. got to be involved. Get inside it. If you want to make a difference, mm. get in, know your system. And that's where change, positive change, can really come about. Yeah. Well, my last question, as I ask everybody on the podcast, <laughs> which do you know is coming, what is your number one tip for leading a balanced life? My number one tip is, and I'm still practicing this one myself, I'm not perfect, yeah, yeah. but a work home life balance mm-hmm. um you wear so many hats oh, how is I that know. possible well I, I think the two just merge but yeah. I'm trying very very hard to to keep that a little bit of balance mm. so I make sure I get to my weekly Pilates class and yeah. as I said to my instructor this morning it's not just about the exercise it's just not just about the movement it's about the conversations that I have here yeah and the learning that I have about my own body and maybe just with the person beside me what are you doing today what are you having what coffee do you take and yeah. i think again it's all it comes back to relationships mm-hmm. if you can build those relationships mind body spirit it's um it's the way to a better life definitely do your children do ballet no no <laughs> no they don't i think i scarred them i do enough ballet for everybody how old are they uh, my daughter's 14 and yeah. my son is just about to turn 12. Yeah. And they didn't. They haven't done a ballet class ever? Or did you oh, try? No, they've had a go. They've had a go. That, that, that was their choice. Uh, yeah. They love the ballet. 
Yeah. They're great ballet audiences. They'll yeah. always come to the ballet. They're regular Queensland Ballet patrons. Yeah. Um, they love the theatre, but that's their contribution yeah. to ballet. They leave all the practical stuff up to me. Have they seen videos of you dancing like during your professional career before they came along? Not really. No? I I almost skipped the video era as well. Oh, <laughs> I know because I was saying before we started recording that you are so hard to find any information on. You know what? Sometimes I think that's a good thing. Yes. I'm probably <laughs> the one person left in the world. <laughs> I know. You don't have anything. I couldn't find anything. So I thought that's all right. We'll, we'll find Here we out go. during We're the starting. discussion. Here's yep. the start. All good. Thank you so much, Nicole, for Thanks, being Georgia, on the Bounce Ballerinas me. podcast. Um, absolute pleasure. And I'll let everyone know about the dates of Petty Pointers because I just think I couldn't be um, more endorsing of it. <laughs> Thanks, George. It was great talking to you. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you received any value from it, it would mean the world to me if you said thank you by leaving a five-star rating or a comment. I read them all. It helps keep the podcast going. And especially as this is a labor of love, it would mean the world to me if you left a review or a rating. So thank you for those especially who have already done this. Now, as promised, if you are interested in any of the Queensland Ballet community engagement programs or teacher training, head to queenslandballet.com.au slash community to see what's on offer and keep in the loop for 2020. They may be coming to a regional centre near you. And finally, a big shout out to our friends at MDM. I am beyond excited to share this collaboration between MDM Dance and the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. Because in the lead up to Christmas for the next few months, you have the chance to win a beautiful new pair of MDM ballet shoes each fortnight when a new Balanced Ballerinas episode drops. Simply listen to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, which you've already done because you need the code word, which I'm about to give out. And two, you're going to comment that code word on the episode's Instagram post over at our Instagram page at Balance Ballerinas. Also, follow Balance, Balance Ballerinas, which you will already be doing, and follow MDM Dance. A winner will be drawn one week after each episode airing and announced on the following episode. So good luck, ballerinas. Keep an air out for the code word, which is, keeping with today's theme, Petty. So go comment, go win yourself a pair of ballet shoes. Congratulations to Hannah Ramsey who won the last pair and have a great week.